Coming up on Golf Today, a Monday finish at Pebble Beach. Can Justin Rose, a major champ, Olympic gold medalist, win for the first time in four years? And we are live from the greatest show on grass, TPC Scottsdale, the WM Phoenix Open, hanging out at 16 with all our closest friends, one of the great sports weeks on the calendar. And a little stonework being done at the Swilkin Bridge at the old course. What say you? Keep it? Love it? Lose it? All answers apply on Golf Today. Golf Today. Dustin Rose, 42 years of age, major champ, FedEx Cup champ. Olympic gold medalist holding a two-shot lead. Now, Justin caught up with the media yesterday to talk about why Pebble fits him so well. I mean, obviously, it's one of those places that you just come to and you feel inspired and, you know, you look around, you're like, wow, what, a, what an amazing place to be. There's a little bit of gratitude and just sort of, you know, the fact you're actually enjoying being here, I think, always lends itself to playing well. I mean, that's not unique to me. So, um, you know, strategically, I think this golf course has, has a lot to it. Um, there's a lot of angles, a lot of strategy. Uh, the greens are quite steep in certain areas. I think I read sloping putts pretty well. It's probably a strength of mine. Um, so I think some of those things stack up to to why I've been able to do well here. Um, and of course, yeah, to tap in on you know Monday, I guess, but thinking of a Sunday normally. But to to win on with that view there on 18 a pebble, of course, it's iconic. Justin Rose in position to get off the schneid has not won since that 2019 Farmers Insurance Open. You see the number of starts 13 top tens, 18 missed cuts for the 42 year old Englishman. And Eamon, I spoke to Justin, it's been a few years now. He told me he was looking for that cherry on top of the Sunday, a, a, a kind of a finishing kick to his career, whether it was another major or another FedEx Cup, maybe making the Ryder Cup team again. Where do you see Justin Rose on this Monday? It has been an epic career Justin Rose has actually put together. Winning today is definitely a statement for Justin Rose because we saw there he had 13 top 10 since that last victory. Last year was a desert for Justin mm. Rose. He had three top 10s. You go back and look at his peak years in maybe six, seven years ago, he was averaging 14, 15 top tens a year. Mm. So there's been a noticeable drop off in his performance and a lot of that came I think with some indecision. He changed equipment at the start of 2019, won the farmers in his first start out of the gate with new equipment and by year's end that equipment was gone. Then you know age, family distractions, he's moved his family back to England as well over the last couple of years. So there's, there's been a lot going on in Justin Rose's life. He gives you the impression now of a guy who's reset mm. on his goals because he could have done what a lot of his peers did and left for the live tour he's he certainly fits that demographic for a lot of those guys the reason he hasn't is i think he still believes he's got something to prove and i'm assuming he's going to go out there and try to do that today i have the same thought as you uh, because of his age because of the time where he is in his career that he would have been a perfect candidate to go a lot of his peers graham mcdowell ian poulter lee westwood similar vintage similar accomplishment end of their prime playing days as it were but this tells me that Justin Rose believes he still has some great days ahead on the PGA Tour and he's kind of held his own feet to the fire to get something done and he's held his own in this position before as well he's five for 15 on the PGA Tour in terms of 54 hole leads and converting them into wins now as right now he's got a basically a 63 hole lead yeah heading into the last nine here 
but he, he's clearly the form horse mm. there. And when you look at the guys behind him on the leaderboard, none of them are even close to the resume that Justin Rose has put together. That doesn't necessarily mean a great deal over nine holes, but it probably means a little bit more pressure on those guys than it's going to mean on Justin Rose. Ten-time winner on the PGA Tour. He's in the middle of the 10th fairway, by the way, has 143 yards into that green. We'll show you final round resumption, 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Pacific, and catch the remainder of the final round right here on Golf Channel. Once again, 11 a.m. Eastern time from beautiful Pebble Beach. Now, folks, we know Aaron Rodgers was a bad man on the gridiron, still is, I think, in a lot of ways, but now he's got some big-time hardware from the play on the golf course. We'll show you how number 12 got the job done yesterday. It'll be a wild weekend here at 16 for the WM Phoenix Open, but right now it's all about this gorgeous sunrise. It's a little chilly. You've got a tea time this morning. You want to bundle up, maybe put a beanie on, but I tell you what, it's going to be a fantastic week here at TPC Scottsdale. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NextGuard Plus, a Foxiloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus chews. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now, he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor? Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor? State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This is a packed, stacked field at the WM Phoenix Open. It's a designated event, as Eamon talked about. Rory McIlroy, can't wait to have him here in the Arizona desert. John Rahm, of course, went to ASU. Scotty Scheffler is your defending champ. Beat Patrick Cantlay on that third playoff hole one year ago. With more on the stacked field, let's welcome in our own George Savarikis, who's with us on 16, just over our left shoulders. Buddy, how about the strength of this field? It's awesome to see the strength of the field syncing up with what is the biggest stage in professional golf here at the WM Phoenix Open. The first WM Phoenix Open I covered was back in 2010 when I was in local media here in Arizona. It always had the scale with this massive build-out, but you didn't necessarily have the buy-in from the biggest names in the game to play here year in and year out. We've seen more of that with the younger guys like Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. They've really embraced what the WM Phoenix Open embodies. And now this year, the best field in tournament history, 18 of the top 20 in the world. You have 
Rory McIlroy, world number one, playing for the second time in this event. Three wins worldwide, his last seven starts. While John Rahm, who you mentioned, Damon, four wins worldwide, his last seven starts. And don't forget defending champion Scotty Scheffler. It was a year ago coming to this event. He had the moniker of arguably the best player yet to win on the PGA Tour. Then in that playoff against Patrick Cantley, who at the time was the reigning FedEx Cup champion, Scheffler delivering. That was win number one, and by the time we had Augusta in our rearview mirror, Scheffler with four wins and a major, as he was world number one at that time. He is now at number two, sandwiched in between Rory McIlroy and John Rahm, and the amazing stat, Damon, of the top 24 eligible players for this event, 23 are teeing it up this week. George, you mentioned you've been around this tournament for quite a while at the WM Phoenix Open. That's the epicenter of the action right behind you there. What's your most memorable memory from the 16th hole? I mean, it would have to be the, the hole-in-one last year with, with Sam Ryder. It was incredible to see that. But I was fortunate enough, as kind of the, the preview leading up to this event, I, I, to get to know the, the Thunderbirds well. They invited me as part of Thunderbird Fun Day to get a sneak preview of what the course setup would be like at TPC. Scottsdale was out with the guys uh, two weeks ago, executive director Chance Cosby, some of the faces in that picture. You see Jeff Fujimoto, uh, Kevin Kopp, just some of the guys uh, with the Thunderbird organization. It's amazing what they've done historically, raising more than $170 million for charity, $110 million since WM came on as title sponsor in 2010. Um, and also had the opportunity to play the, the part three 16th here, which, I mean, talk about this stage. It doesn't get much better here uh, on the PGA oh. Tour. Uh, the nerves a little high. There was a, a bar to the right that helped settle those with a little swing oil. So w was able to, with a little wedge, they had the professional tee box closed, uh, hit it on and have a two putt. Um, it was a cool experience. But to top that, a day later, a buddy of mine, swing instructor, Keith Bennett, plays here at TPC Scottsdale. We got to check out this video, his first time playing here at TPC Scottsdale. Can you think of a better stage to make a hole-in-one? <laughs> Keith, a swing coach at McCormick Ranch here locally, actually caddying for Macklemore this week. And they rolled on it, and how amazing a moment is that it had me thinking all right what are the best yes, possible par threes i mean you'd have to say maybe seven or 17 at pebble a couple at augusta 12 or 16 17 at sawgrass but 16 at tpc scottsdale pretty incredible spot to get an ace guys oh i love it got to be top five top ten venue where you'd want an ace. How about for you? Hugo? That's the quietest ace we're lucky to see all week out here because if anything else happens out here the rest of this week, it's going to be bedlam. No doubt. Thanks, George. Stay warm, buddy. For sure. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxiloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Choose. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, 
State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. One of the most famous, iconic landmarks, beautifully sitting between that first and 18th hole at the old course of St. Andrews Tiger. I mean, the, the, the world held its breath, Eamon, at this point last summer. Just hoping that he wasn't going to stop and wave, which oh, would have signaled a goodbye. He kept it moving. Now, over the weekend, Golf World got fired up on social media. These pictures surfaced of this kind of a patio stonework next to the Swilkin Bridge. I mean, take a look at these photos. We got some, some, some doozies here. It really is. It's starting to look a little bit like the Lanai in the Golden Girls. <laughs> and some people were having some fun with it. Here's Hot Tub Tim Heron. Lumpy getting in on the action. Settle down, everyone. There's still work to be done on it. <laughs> Thankfully, that's not Tim in the hot tub right there. <laughs> Blushing it has the Millennium Falcon has landed on the Swilkin Bridge. On Solo, Lando Calrissian perhaps inside. Wow. And speaking of patio action, this is a perfect setup, Dim. You could set a little hospitality action on that one. What's yeah. the price of that? Bottle of red, bottle of white. All depends upon your appetite. Well, the St. Andrews Lynx Trust uh, now released this statement because there was just so much noise on social media in order to avoid having to close the bridge to foot traffic during certain periods of the year. A number of solutions have been attempted previously. These include installation of hybrid and synthetic artificial turf and the regular replacement, reseed in support of natural turf, but none have proven to be successful in adequately protecting the area from the significant wear and tear. We recognize that as such an iconic landmark in golf, the Swilkin Bridge retains a special place in the heart of many golfers and as such can be an emotive topic. We are confident we will find the best ongoing solution to preserve the iconic nature of the Swilkin Bridge and its surroundings while ensuring that as many people as possible can continue to visit the site year round. And then they released this tweet, the image from October of 2022, highlighting the issue, the wear and tear in the area, and the problem we're seeking to resolve to ensure the bridge remains accessible for all golfers and visitors throughout the year. Now, Eamon, I have to say, call me old school, I don't mind a little brown on the golf course, especially at the old course. I see that wear and it reminds me of, of Wimbledon after a fortnight of tennis along the baseline where you've seen the likes of Roger Federer through the years or Nick Kyrgios here. I mean, that's, that is, that's beautiful to me. That's historic. It's iconic. And my goodness, I wouldn't want to see anything covering that at the end of a fortnight. I definitely wouldn't want to see anything besmirching covering the Swilkin Bridge. Yeah, you can make the argument that turf as iconic as this is designed to be used and sure the old course is designed to be firm and fast but not actually concrete whatever the answer is I don't think this is it but in fairness what you just saw on the baseline at Wimbledon that's the competitors doing that at, at the <laughs> Swilkin Bridge it's a lot of tourists who are coming out onto the golf course to pose for photographs there it's not just the golf traffic that's going along right there but it, this is to me 
it's all a bit vapid. It I mean, is. It's, 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 it's the social media gentle outrage about yes. something that's really not that important. It doesn't look great, that's for sure. <laughs> Personally, I'd be a little more upset that when we had the Open six months ago, we had to have a tee on the old course, a tee on the new course, a right. tee on the Jubilee, a tee on the Himalayas, a yes. tee on the driving range. To me, that's the way the old course is being distorted. That's somewhat a little bit more important than a few paving stones. I'll argue that the tourists and the doggies and the folks that are visiting are as important as the players. I think that's what makes... It's a public park. It's a public park. It's what makes the old course the old course access, accessible. And seeing that, that worn turf, that gives me goosebumps. To me, that's history. I, I don't want that covered. I want to know that... You know, old Tom Morris was there, and Tom Watson was there, and Jack Nicholas and Tiger and Arnold Palmer were there. Like, I, I want to think that my footsteps are covering their footsteps, not, not some, some new stonework. And the, the great thing about the old course is the simplicity of yes. it. And it's always been changed. It's always been altered in the sense, you know, we've seen over the years people get upset about work being done to the road hole bunker, yes. for example. They are living works of art. The bridge, on the other hand, and the approachway to the bridge, don't turn it into a runway. I think it's, it's dirt, leave it as dirt. It's dirt, it's brown, and it's beautiful. I, I'll be very fascinated to see what ultimately is done, if anything, if it's to preserve it for a little while, maybe get a little bit of grass, a little bit of turf under it. I, I guess that's okay, but I tell you what, I think it's one of the most iconic pieces. It's the bridge and the walk to it as well. You, you want to feel like you walked where, where the ancients have walked. I'm guessing some Scottish contractor is going to be getting his chisel and shovel out pretty <laughs> soon, Damon. At least remove a few of the stones. Tighten it up a little bit. There we go. There's Justin Rose, by the way, on the Swilkin, looking for his 11th PGA Tour win a little bit later. Big week, folks. It's marked down on every golf fan's calendar. Perhaps the biggest part of the game of golf takes place here at the WM Phoenix Open. It's special. We're excited for what's in store. The golf course, it's spectacular. Just wonderful. Tom Weisskopf, Jay Morris design. Poana Trivialis greens, the fairways, rye, fine fescue, poet Trivialis, all these facts courtesy of our good friends, the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and speaking of we got a trade show it's underway Orange County Convention Center busy time in Orlando the education conference and trade show offer unparalleled professional development and networking opportunities for those who manage own and build golf facilities well the companies that cater to golf facilities the golf course superintendents Association of America CEO Rhett Evans is there and joins us on this Monday. I've been there with you before, buddy. It's always an impactful week, but how would you describe what happens this week and how it impacts the folks who love and play this game? Yeah, it's uh, just a terrific opportunity for us to bring together our over 19,800 members, guys like Brandon Reese that are going to be uh, hosting uh, the tournament that you're at uh, this week in Phoenix. And uh, we're going to have a lot of those men and women in the business that uh, really converge Damon here on this trade show floor, along with all of the classrooms that are up above me. But uh, when you look behind me, uh, they're in literally in the process of building a 20,000 square foot uh, stage, a grass stage. It's actually going to be a green, three different grass types. We're going to have an irrigation system in here, showcasing some of the great technology that our business is coming up with to continue to sustain and make this game and the playing surfaces even that much better. 
and our attendees as they come and learn with over 270 hours of education, they get to take that education along with the networking that they've learned from some of the brightest minds in this business back to your home course. And when they do that, they make it better. Um, and I think that's really the benefit of this show for golfers uh, to know that their superintendents care. They care about them. Uh, they want to make it great. And this show offers them that opportunity to do just that. Brett, your organization draws up a list of best management practices for superintendents around the country. Can you explain to us what some of those principles are and why they matter to golfers on their home courses? No, absolutely. And if you look at the over 2 million acres of green space and turf grass that our members have to manage on a daily basis, you know, they're, they're ridden with disease challenges, they're ridden with drought and, and water uh, resource challenges, water quality challenges, and when you really look at the myriad of factors that go into professionally managing these golf courses, we have been able to work with scientists, we've worked with the USGA, we've worked with our partners to establish the best management practices for managing a golf course. And all 50 states now have those templates in place. We're happy to report that our superintendents at their facilities are adopting these. They're putting them in the, into practice in the communities in which they work and live. And so when we see the results of those water decreasing by 29% over the course of the last uh, decade, when we look at how we're using nutrients, uh, that too has decreased by over 50%. And so we're really, uh, I think, creating better playing conditions using less resources due to these best management practices that are being employed uh, throughout the United States on golf courses in a community near you. Rhett, was it a hard sell to, to get the superintendents to, to buy into water conservation and, and protecting water? Because let's be honest, some people want to have a lush, lush, green golf course. How are we able to kind of sell that within the industry? Right. You know, and, it, and it's, it's definitely, it takes all of us, right, to make a difference uh, for the game. And I think as golfers, we, we need to understand, you know, some of those threats that we're up against. Um, we've got a group of grassroots ambassadors that go to work every day in the 535 congressional districts that we have in the U.S. to tell that story, um, to tell the story that we do want uh, to practice good environmental stewardship, that we do want to showcase and, and, and really educate people on what healthy turf grass is. And it's not soggy, it's not over overwatered. It, and when, so when we, Damon, when we look at these best management practices, the superintendents are the first to say, look, th this is what is good for growing grass. And uh, it's, it's, it, it's what we need to do. And so over time, um, I'm confident that uh, those golfers and those that have Maybe that expectation that you just described um, will have a better understanding of what we need to do uh, to sustain our sport. Brett, there are some lawmakers here in Arizona who have ex publicly expressed a desire not to have any golf in the state, seeing it merely as an economic parasite of some kind. How important is that advocacy with lawmakers in terms of what your organization does? Oh, it's huge, right? Um, when you look at the benefits of golf, not just from the environmental perspective, but, you know, the two million jobs that are employed by this sport, when you look at the tourism, you look at all of the um, really just open spaces that it creates in a lot of communities that simply don't have that. I grew up in Arizona, and it's a hot place. 
And when you go onto a golf course, you know that the ambient air temperature decreases because of that turf grass. Um, having grown up in Arizona, I also know that uh, when we get those thunderstorms and all of that runoff coming from parking lots and strip malls that is collecting waste, water uh, is collecting the, the motor oil and all of the junk that we as humans are, are putting, putting out there, well, guess what? It's the golf course that's collecting that and through uh, turf grass that becomes a natural filter, we're able to get rid of a lot of those pollutants. And there are studies and, and research that shows that the water that enters the golf course is cleaner after it exits the golf course. And so um, to all of those folks that uh, may not understand that, um, golf is just a huge resource in your community, even if you don't play it. Rhett, for the folks that are watching at home, a lot going on behind you. You got pallet jacks and people moving about. What exactly is going on behind you? It looks pretty cool. Well, uh, Damon, I know uh, you, you, you've been to this show many a times. Um, this is super fun. We're in the throes of actually loading it in. Currently, we've got over 500 individuals that are playing in the national championship down the road at a few golf courses here in Orlando and up above me, uh, we've got over 6,000 superintendents that are taking education. And then on Wednesday morning, uh, we'll be opening uh, the doors to this convention center here at Orange County in Orlando. This place will be hustling and bustling. They're setting up over 450 booths. And I'm telling you, when you, you look at some of the innovation that's coming out by our key industry partners, whether we're dealing with, and you'll see it here on this green that we're, ma uh, we're making, we wanna thank our partners, the builders, uh, the architects, USGA is involved in this. Some great new uh, concepts and some things around uh, irrigation that we're gonna be debuting that are gonna help with water quality as well as water conservation. Uh, so it's gonna be pretty, pretty, pretty neat to see all these new products and innovation that our industry is bringing to bear. And our members get to consume that and take it back to your golf course to make the playing conditions even better. So grateful for all of our members and all that they do to make this game better. Rhett, we appreciate your time. Before we let you go, uh, Eamon's loving those GCSAA pins. So if you can save one of those pins uh, for one of his uh, shirts, he, he'd be appreciative. Thanks so much for the time, Rhett. You've got it, Eamon. I'll bring you two of them. You can wear them on both lapels. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Best of luck this week. Appreciate all you do for the game. Thanks, buddy. Wear them with pride. Here's your leader. Justin Rose arriving at Pebble Beach. He's going to resume action in the 10th fairway. Up by two, seeking his 11th PGA Tour victory. Given the weather, it's no surprise that a British guy should be leading Justin Rose about to resume action at Pebble Beach with a two-stroke lead in the 10th fairway. With more on the former World number one, let's welcome in Todd Lewis from the Monterey Peninsula. Todd, you've been busy. What should we know about Justin Rose and his mindset going to the resumption of this final round? Well, if you look at the first page of that leaderboard, by far, Justin Rose is the class. When you talk about resumes, he's won multiple times on the PGA Tour, on the DP World Tour. He's won a gold medal at the Olympics. He's a former number one player. He's felt the pressure of winning at the Ryder Cup. Um, and if you look also at that first page, there's only one other multiple winner on the PGA Tour, and that's Brendan Todd. So 
Justin has the most experience in regards to crossing the line and finishing on the PGA Tour, but he hasn't done it in a while. As you mentioned, he hasn't done it in four years since winning at Torrey Pines in 2019. So he'll have to wrestle with that belief as he comes down on the back nine trying to win once again. I did talk to Justin after play was completed yesterday, and I asked him how much that experience will benefit him, if at all. And these guys out here, they don't care about who, who I am and who the, who, you know, who, who, what the name is on the other guy's bag. They're all out here to do a job, and you know, the standard is so deep and strong that I certainly don't look at the leaderboard that way in reverse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've got to come out and do my job tomorrow. All right, final thing. Uh, normally, the day before they hand out a trophy, you've got 18 holes to sleep on. Yeah. Now you've got eight and a half limited amount of holes to play so what do you feel like your primary focus needs to be tomorrow um just keep it clean obviously there's less time for guys to make that big run but i'm expecting one from someone you know because obviously they've got nothing to lose so i'm gonna have to come out and play clean and just uh you know if i get my chances take them um and you know just the same things you have to do to win a tournament you know just kind of play it one i felt like i was beginning to rush a little bit you know like i felt like it was important to hit the tee shot number 10 mm. there might be a little wind switch coming tomorrow so we wanted to get this tee shot out of the way so just fall back into my rhythm a little bit tomorrow morning yeah, it is interesting. Last night was the first time all week that Justin Rose has slept with the lead, and he only has eight and a half holes to play to try to again win again on the PGA Tour. He totally revamped his equipment, by the way, coming to the Monterey Peninsula. He was using a set of irons from one manufacturer. He abandoned that manufacturer and had a brand new set of irons from a different manufacturer made here at the tournament, not only with new heads, but different heads, some muscle backs, some blades. And he also has brand new shafts in those irons, a softer shaft. He said, man, I, I was making golf too hard in regards to my equipment. So it's pretty remarkable when you have a brand new set of irons, you're leading the tournament as you're playing the back nine of 72 here. But Justin Rose feels very confident and comfortable so far. But of course, now we're going to find out what he's made of as he tries to win once again. Oh, and one other thing in regards to conditions today. It's going to be sunny. We're going to have light winds. When I say light for the Monterey Peninsula, it's like 10 to 15 miles per hour. And for the first time all tournament week, I'm going to utter this sentence. No rain in the forecast. Once again, no rain in the forecast. And by the way, guys, one other thing. No rain in the forecast. So we're super excited about that. <laughs> Great stuff from Tilu. Don't tempt the weather, guys. The day is not over yet. Great stuff from Todd. Set up a big Monday along the Monterey Peninsula and we have a big Monday for you golf today we finish at 11 a.m. then resumption of play that final round concludes 11 a.m. Eastern time AT&T Pebble Beach Prime then we believe we have Anna Jackson and Paige McKenzie Golf Central wrapping up this huge day in the game what's still to come on golf today she's already been an Olympian and over the weekend she turned in one of the most dominating performances in the history of the Ladies' European Tour. Didi Ashok joins the show, fresh off a nine-shot victory in Kenya. Stay tuned. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Last week, the LPGA Tour announced the creation of Drive On LPGA All Access, a multi-purpose series, multi-episode series, that will air on LPGA platforms and give fans a beyond-the-course glimpse into the lives of some of the best LPGA Tour athletes. The first episode debuts tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, on YouTube and LPGA.com. Here's a sneak peek.
If you're teeing it up here this week, um, you've had a great year the year before. I know it's going to be very difficult to top last year, but we're going to do our best to try. Probably one of the strongest fields I'll compete against. Scores are going to always be good. I feel the fittest that I've ever been in my career, the strongest that I've ever been, the most in control, both physically and mentally, of my golf game. We're pleased to welcome in Gemma Dryborough, one of the players you'll see in that episode tonight. Gemma, thanks for joining us. You're accustomed to doing your work in public in front of a TV camera. Was there any hesitancy in having a camera follow you around off the golf course? Well, they asked me the week before, and um, to be honest, I was really up for it. Um, it was obviously, I knew it was going to be a bit different. Um, they arrived at the airport when I got there and uh, drove with me to the, to the course and then followed me all day that day on the practice round. So um, it was very different having a camera crew with me, but you know, it was an enjoyable experience. Gemma, we've seen this a lot in sports, football, hard knocks, golf, tennis, for example, kind of inside the, the lifestyle away from the golf course. What the stories did you want to share? What did you want to convey to the cameras? I think it's just good to show the fans, you know, what kind of hard work we go through and the processes we go on a tournament week. You know, a lot of fans don't see that. They just see the, the end product Thursday to Sunday. So it's nice to show what other stuff we get up to and you know, going to the gym, etc. And that week we had a bit of a different week. There was concerts during the week. I got to meet Ellie Golding as part of the, 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 the project. So that was pretty cool as well. So just some other fun things that we get to do and, you know, also the hard work that goes into it as well. It was a pretty big week for you that you were being followed around, Gemma, because you were also playing with Annika Sorenstam that week. And it clearly didn't hurt you in any way because you did finish top 20. Did it add any pressure to your actual on-course performance to have this obligation of the cameras following you? I don't think so. I didn't really feel that. Um, once the tournament started, I kind of just almost didn't even notice they were there. Um, you know, I kind of got quite friendly with the crew, so it was kind of nice to have their support as well during the week. So, like you said, I played with Annika in the first round, just absolutely enjoyed that to bits. So it was one of the, a top 10, top 10 golfing day for me playing with her. So. Uh, I think we both had our best round that day as well, which uh, obviously helped us both. You broke through in November in Japan for that LPGA win. How's life been different since then as you flip the calendar to 2023? Yeah, obviously very different year for me this year. I'm, you know, in all the majors. I know I'm going to be in, you know, every event I want to be in so I can kind of plan my schedule. So that's been great and, um, you know, a lot more media stuff, which is, you know, doing stuff like this has kind of changed my uh, routine a little bit as well. So it's just all this additional stuff is is great. Um, yeah, great memories in Japan. And, you know, I've got the trophies now um, sent over from Japan. So it's great to have them on the mantelpiece. Um, so, yeah, it's been a bit of a life changing few months. That was a fantastic win, a four shot victory, Gemma. Thanks for your time. Have a great week. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks. All right, folks, sticking with the women's game, how about uh, Aditya Shuk return to the winner's circle over the weekend at the Magical Kenya Ladies Open? Two-time Olympian, by the way. She locked up a wire-to-wire -wire victory, winning the event by nine shots for her fourth career LET title. Quite the bio, by the way. Played in Tokyo, played in Rio. She was the LET Rookie of the Year back in 2016. Best LPGA Tour finish the T3 at the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational. And we caught up with Aditi 
earlier today. And Aditi joins us now. Aditi, congratulations. A nine-shot win sounds easy enough. I'm sure it wasn't. What are you most proud of in getting this victory? Uh, just the work I put in in the offseason. I had two months off, and the last event I played was in November, so I didn't really know how my game was going into this week. But, yeah, I was just able to trust the work I put in and finished, you know, with four good days. Aditi, when you win by nine shots, presumably every aspect of your game is working well. Was there one part in particular that you're pleased with the progress you made this week? Um, yes, I think my driving, just compared to last year and even the year before, I've, I just haven't hit it as far as I used to hit it or maybe as far as I could hit it. So that was one of the main focuses this offseason, just physically and even golf swing-wise, just to get more speed into my swing. And I think that's... You know, golf courses get easier if you just hit it that 10 or 15 yards further in the air. So I was able to cut a few corners. I was able to reach at least three, three or four par fives in two, which was, you know, which helps make a lot of birdies. Professional golf, Aditi, as you know, is so competitive. A win early in the season, a win by nine. What does that do for your confidence as you set the rest of your schedule going forward? Yeah, it's obviously it means a lot because. I actually didn't have good status on the LET. I got a sponsor invite into this event. So, you know, I was just really thankful for the invite and glad I could make use of it. But yeah, just the exemptions into majors or just being exempt into the next couple of seasons on the LET. And also, of course, you know, I don't have to, it's tough to play LET and LPGA too. So it's good that I have a good status here now and I can spend more time in the US. Didi, you've been a successful player since your junior days. Do you feel extra pressure to kind of carry the banner for women's golf in India? Yeah, I think so. I think when you're from like the only one from your country, I think there is a lot of pressure, especially at events like the Olympics or at majors. I feel like, you know, your whole country is kind of watching you. I try not to think about it, but I do think it is a big responsibility because, you know, you know your results have a direct influence i guess on juniors back home or girls watching golf back home so yeah i think it's it's it is a big deal but you know i'm just happy i'm able to get some wins here and there aditi kenya is a beautiful country the trophy was beautiful a giraffe did you see any giraffe or animals during your your week in kenya Yes, they actually have zebras. They have, I think, three giraffes at the golf course, and they had, I think, oryxes. Yeah, just a bunch of wildlife at the golf course. So, yeah, I did see a bunch of wildlife. Oh, beautiful animals and a fantastic win. Congratulations. Hope to speak to you soon. Thank you, Aditi. Thank you, Damon. And, Damon, thanks for having me. And here's a little bit more about Daniel Gavins. That was his second DP World Tour win. His first one came in my old turf. Northern Ireland ah. moved up 38 points to 18th on the Ryder Cup European points list, 7th on the DP World Tour points list. He entered the week 296th in the official World Golf Ranking, and when it's updated after Pebble Beach today, it's going to move up about 100 spots. Yesterday, the DP World Tour gave a blow-by-blow -blow account of his actions on the 18th hole. Daniel took a light-hearted view of it. Stop reminding me, I had nightmares last night. And Daniel's pleased to join us now. And Daniel, at least the dream is real today when you wake up, even if there was a nightmare period yesterday. Did you think you had lost it on the 18th hole, or were you aware that you still had a shot at winning? Uh, I honestly thought that I'd lost it. I thought 
after the second one went in the water, um, I thought that you know I needed to at least get up and down to get in the playoff. Um, so I had no idea of you know obviously that that putt was to win to win the uh, tournament. Daniel, when when football teams, uh, soccer or American football, they win or lose games, they kind of take stock, maybe debrief. What was your debrief like afterwards? You know, from your perspective, what happened on 18? Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty calm all day, and then, you know, I got to the 18th tee, and it wasn't an easy tee shot for me. Um, you know, I put one in the water, and then I thought, you know, fair enough, I can hit a good. I could hit a good third shot and get get down the fairway, and then obviously try and make bogey and still win. Um, so putting the putting the next one in the in the pond as well, it was kind of, you know, I was I just thought I'd lost it really, but you know, I came came out on top in the end, which was which was relieving. <laughs> Daniel, your results have been pretty mixed of late. Did you feel as though you were closer than the results were showing, or what happened and what changed this week to make it all come together? Yeah, I mean, I had um, I didn't start greatly off in Abu Dhabi. I missed the cut there by a couple of shots, but but last week I found. A nice bit of confidence in my game in the Rolex event. I finished, you know, in 38th position there. And that gave me quite a lot of confidence going into this week. I felt my game was in good enough shape to win and be, uh, be in contention. And if I uh, if I hold the putts, which I did all week really, then I knew I was in a good good uh, state of mind to win. Daniel, what is the significance of this victory for you? It's a Ryder Cup year, maybe more spots available than there normally would be because of the fracturing in professional golf. Do you let your mind go there? Honestly, my mind's still on, on the 18s right now. <laughs> it's not really gone any further than that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really thinking too much ahead. I'm, you know, it's still the start of the year and I've got I've got a lot of tournaments still to play this year, so yeah, trying to keep, trying to, trying to keep in the present. Daniel, we spent a lot of time today talking about a fellow Englishman of yours, Justin Rose. There's another guy who's seen a lot of highs mm -hmm. and a lot of lows along the way. Last year, you missed a lot of cuts. You missed 17 cuts in, in 32 starts. How much of a challenge yeah. was it to keep your head up in that kind of scenario when the results aren't necessarily giving you what you think you're working at? Yeah, it's 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 definitely it's it's difficult. I mean, you know, I started the year quite nicely. I made maybe I think I made like nine out of ten cuts, and then I just went through a little little rough patch where I was kind of thinking too much on my swing, you know, trying to think too much technically every week, and trying to think of something new every week, and it just wasn't working. And then I spoke with Ian Highfield in America, and we kind of put. You know, my mind into kind of focusing on on the now, and you know, ever ever since then, I kind of took pressure off myself, and you know, kind of embraced the fact that if I if I lost my card, then I lost my card, and you know, things like that happen, and you can't do like you know anything about it. You've got to get it back, and that's the kind of mentality that I'm kind of taking with me now. Well, another way to relieve pressure, I would imagine, is banging on some drums. There's like video of you playing the drums. <laughs> After you, you won, are you like a Rush fan, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd? Like, like what, are you, what are you doing here? What are you playing? Yeah, I was just trying to kind of get back into it. I haven't played for like 20 years, so 
I mean, I like the Foo Fighters, Nickelback, that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, it was a bit, you know, I thought, I thought I'd have been a bit better than I was, but it wasn't too bad to say I've not played in 20 years. <laughs> Daniel, now that you've got this win, you know, first couple of days of February, how much does this free you yeah. up as you head into 2023 where you feel as though there's less burden of expectation because you've checked that box so early? Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. I can kind of, I can relax and concentrate on my golf now. I don't have to worry about keeping my card this year. Um, it's nice just going, like, free-flowing and, you know, play, just play events and enjoy them, really. That's, that's what I'm going to do now. So, yeah, feels nice. Well, Daniel, congratulations. Vance, Van Halen has some pretty good drum solos, mid-80s, <laughs> jump album. Check it out. I'm sure you probably have. Thanks for the time. We'll yep. speak to you soon. No worries. Thank you. Cheers, guys.